Okay, well, hello there. Uh, my name is Mike, and this is Driving Theology, and my fan is way too loud. Turn some stuff down here, get some stuff in position, and we'll be on our way. Uh, this is going to be my third attempt <laughs> at recording the first podcast of the year. Last year, uh, last year, last week, make sure I'm safe here. Last week, uh, I recorded on my way to work as usual. The first, it was my first uh, day um, teaching of the year in the location I usually teach on Wednesdays. Anyway, I recorded a podcast on the way and it, uh, just didn't turn out right. I didn't like it. Uh, and I decided to re record the podcast later. And so I recorded again on the way back, uh, that same day, but around 6 PM instead of as usual around 9:20, which is what it is right now. Anyway, neither one of those recordings came out. Neither one recorded. And I wasn't sure why, and it was. I think it's because I used an unformatted card uh, in my digital recorder. Pretty sure that's what it was. So the, <laughs> this is going to be the third attempt. So I'll just get right into it. I won't uh, waste too much of your time about uh, what's going on with me. Um, isn't a whole lot right now, anyway. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. So. To make a long story short, this is part of the podcast, by the way, it's kind of relevant. Uh, my wife had gotten us tickets to go to the ballet on January 3rd, which was during our winter break, just after uh, New Year's, uh, in Tokyo for the Ukrainian, the Ballet of Ukraine. Uh, to see the ballet Don Quixote. And so we uh, were looking forward to that. But on the 30th of January, I came down with most likely COVID. So I was down and out for about three to four days with uh, uh, low to medium. I guess it was kind of got high at some point. Uh, Medium high fever. Um, Just in bed isolating myself with the rest of the family, which which apparently worked because my wife didn't get sick. My daughter had it before me um, just a few days before I got it, so I'm pretty sure I got it from her, but I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, I've still got the sniffles from it. Uh, what is today? Today is like the 17th or something like that. Um, 17th or 18th, that's a good question, 17th, yeah, so this has been almost three weeks ago, but I've still got just a little bit of congestion that hangs around, especially in the mornings, it's not too bad, Uh, so I was unable to go, so my wife um, and daughter and my my wife's, uh, <laughs> gotta be careful here, my daughter's boyfriend, not my wife's boyfriend, my daughter's boyfriend, the three of them, 
uh, went to the ballet without me and I stayed home. But as they went, I, I, I had already been reading the story of Don Quixote, the, the novel by Cervantes, uh, before, so I was interested in the character and the story. Uh, and then when they told me that we were going to the ballet, I started watching or reading whatever I could get on the character of Don Quixote. Don Quixote or Don Quixote, however you want to say it. I actually think it in French it's Don Quixote, something like that. So I, I kind of read everything I could get my hands on about the subject, and I even watched a really odd Orson Welles movie. Uh, I say movie because it was almost half documentary. He played himself in the modern era, it was weird, I, I still don't understand the concept, or I have a feeling it was almost like a, a a movie that somebody just made through editing, that it didn't exist, took a couple things and mashed them together and made something, anyway, uh, watched that, and then while they were at the ballet, I stayed home and I, I um, <clears throat> rented a movie version of the ballet, it's a staged movie version that you can get online. Uh, that was of a different company and a different production, obviously, but the same opera, same music. <clears throat> so I really got kind of into the character there for a while. Uh, and he's such an... Even if you don't know anything about uh, Don Quixote, you probably have seen the image of a man, a knight on a horse facing a windmill. You know, this image is, is quite famous. So Cervantes was a, a contemporary of Shakespeare. And this book he wrote, Don Quixote, is now known to be the first European novel, at least by some, right? The first European novel. Uh, and while Shakespeare was writing plays, Don Qu uh, Cervantes, Miguel de Cervantes was, was writing uh, this novel and a, a sequel that he later wrote, and I, I assume he wrote other things as well. And so, yeah, I really got into the, the character, um, and he's such an oddball. So if you don't know, <clears throat> Don Quixote is about a middle-aged, somewhere in his 50s, um, low-level aristocrat uh, from Spain uh, who lives on his estate. He seems to be unmarried, and if, if anything, he has a few servants around him, but He's not a wealthy. Uh, he's not wealthy in terms of aristocrats, but he obviously owns land and, and has something. He owns land and has something, and I think he probably has some kind of a very low, low title. He has a psychotic break. Now, Don Quixote was was given to reading uh, literature of uh, medieval uh, chivalry and the times of the knights uh, and um, 
And so that was his kind of hobby, I guess. He was really into these fictional um, uh, accounts of, um, fictional and fantastical accounts of uh, medieval knights and the times of chivalry and all of their exploits and uh, fighting dragons and giants and, and, uh, you know, wooing women and and all of these things that apparently uh, are in medieval literature. And so when he had a psychotic break, he made the decision. I say psychotic break. I don't know what it was. Something happened, right? Something happened to to trigger him uh, into some somewhat of a delusional state. And so what happens is he decides that his, his calling in life, that he is being called uh, by God to to live a life of what he calls knight errantry. Uh, and the knights errant uh, were knights who would travel uh, the world and do good deeds. Uh, they would save women in distress, they would fight giants, um, they would do whatever needed to be done, basically. Basically, superheroes of the day. Um, they just went around doing good. And so he decided this is what he was going to do. And so, being delusional, though, he he doesn't have a realistic view of of what's going on in the world or, or, or what the actual state of things is. For example, he has an old horse. But in his eyes, this isn't an old horse. This is a majestic stallion, one worthy of, of you know, um, being a machine of war like they were in those days. And so he, he renames his horse and uh, he starts gathering armor, old armor that he has around his place and shines it up and he, he, he doesn't have a helmet that'll work. So I think he ends up using some kind of a cooking pot as a helmet. But again, to him, that's not what it is. It's a, it's a helmet. He sees it as a, as a uh, you know, majestic thing. He sees everything differently. Man, I'm stuck in getting stopped at every single light. I'm just in the wrong place. This is terrible. Uh, and so uh, he gathers an old lance and I think an old sword that were laying around his estate of, you know, as they would be uh, from his ancestors. Uh, and he sets off. And he ends up uh, um, getting into a lot of trouble and getting into a lot of fights uh, because people don't understand what he's doing. Uh, and they, they, um, yeah, they aren't who he, he sees them as, uh, because he's delusional. Uh, and so he ends up fighting, uh, uh, windmills who he thinks are giants and he gets defeated by the windmill. The, the machinery kind of hurts him, (laughs) beats him up and, uh, he ends up, uh, um, you know, fighting various people. Shepherds, who he thinks are armies, he fights shepherds. Um, he he tries to rescue people that don't need to be rescued, and he employs the uh, services of one Sancho Panza, 
who is a neighbor of his, a peasant neighbor, and he is uh, a very, he, he's a simpleton, he's a very simple, uh, simple guy, and, uh, but Don Quixote, who's a noble, uh, promises him that if he will serve him, that he will give him, you know, various riches and, and whatever. And so he agrees to go along with him, and he has a little donkey, and so he rides this little donkey uh, alongside uh, Don Quixote on his tall but ragged horse, and they go off uh, and do various, um, have various adventures, mostly misadventures. Um, and and Don Quixote has a, he, he's so sure of what he sees, even though it's not what anyone else sees. He's very sure of what he sees. For example, he, his, his muse, or the woman for whom he decides to do battle for, uh, is a simple farm girl. Uh, apparently not ugly and a little bit wild. Likes to drink and party. Uh, and, uh, but he sees her as a beautiful young princess. Uh, the most beautiful woman uh, who, who has ever lived, basically. And he renames her. He gives her a name uh, that, that suits uh, his, his vision of her, uh, which is Dulcinea. And Dulcinea also is a person that comes up from time to time. <laughs> uh, anyway... The thing is, he, the, the book ends, as far as I know, and the sequel ends. I haven't read the sequel yet, but apparently the sequel ends also with them just going off to have more adventures. They just decide to, to keep pursuing this, even though, you know, they've proven time and time, again, time and time again that they're only getting in more and more trouble. Um, they decide to... Wow, there's a lot. Sorry, sorry. Uh, good grief. A lot of traffic. Um, they go on and continue, and we don't know, you know, what befalls Don Quixote, as far as I know. Now, there are many versions of this. The, the, the ballet version, of course, picks and chooses uh, different uh, things from the, the two novels. Uh, as do the movies, um, and I, I haven't, I'm ashamed to say, I haven't finished the book, um, but having seen uh, enough accounts of Don Quixote, you kind of get a picture of who he is. He was a, a man uh, singularly uh, on a mission, and no one else understood his mission, Everybody thought he was eccentric and weird and funny, uh, and yet he he was determined, for whatever reason, uh, that he was to be doing what he was doing, and that despite the setbacks and the defeats, uh, that his calling was to continue forward. Um, now there's a there's a famous musical uh, that's based on this. Uh, and the song from that is To Dream the Impossible Dream. Right? This is the song of Don Quixote. 
to dream the impossible dream. Da 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 da. You may have heard it. It's it's I think from the '60s or '70s. The musical is quite quite popular. I haven't seen the musical version of it. I'd like to actually. I know people who've been in it, including my good friend Scott Langdon. Uh, who you might want to check out, scottlangdonproject.com. Uh, he's, he's quite the interesting person and uh, performer, but as well as uh, a thinker, and I would, I dare say, philosopher and theologian. So uh, he, yeah, so Don Quixote, uh, when I was thinking of archetypes, right, he's an archetype. He's a, a, a kind of character that, for whatever reason, uh, has captured the imagination of people for 400 plus years, right? And he's remained relevant for whatever reason for that time. Um, we haven't forgotten him. He hasn't gone, you know, the way of the uh, um, history books, if you will. Uh, he's he's still relevant. We still have movies about him. And, you know, his character is still saying something to us for whatever reason. And I haven't figured out exactly what he's saying yet. That's one of the reasons I wanted to I wanted to talk about this. He's I don't know what we're supposed to learn from this hero, Don Quixote. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, Cervantes was criticizing or critiquing uh, from his age or praising Uh, I I just I I can't tell you for sure what Cervantes had in mind when he wrote this story with this character Um, now here in Japan I don't think many people know the story but they do know the name the name is uh, famous here, and it's famous because there's a there's a chain store called Don Quixote, uh, and it's sort of like a sort of like a Walmart uh, Walmart meets uh, party store. I don't know how else to call it. It's kind of crazy. They have all kinds of crazy, inexpensive stuff. Very eclectic uh, uh, collection of stuff. Um, it's kind of a yeah, kind of a crazy store, but it's called Don Quixote. Uh, so they 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 know about him, or somebody did enough to use his name at least. Don Quixote, yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about Don Quixote, I wondered who is the person in the in the Bible who I think would be closest to him. I will say um, that Don Quixote's fault was probably that he saw people the way they could be. He saw the potential in people, in people and in things and in animals and in situations. He didn't see um, probability. He saw potential. Probability was always probably, not to be uh, 
redundant. Uh, most of the people and things and situations he encountered were probably not going to live up to his his belief in their potential. They were probably not going to live up to that potential. Um, you know, and, and some of the things he did, he took old things and shined them up and made them useful again. Uh, he took an old, you know, horse that was probably uh, long past its years and gave gave it a a, a noble, uh, if uh, delusional calling, uh, himself, right? Being a middle-aged uh, man who, who really didn't have much status or wealth or power or fame, uh, he, he dusted himself off and he tried to do something um, extraordinary. Uh, the same with uh, Sancho, the uh, peasant farmer who he decided to use as his squire and promised kingdoms uh, if he were to help him. And as far as we know, Don Quixote never was able to uh, to make good on his promises. Um, the barmaid never, or the, the farm maid never became the beautiful princess. Um, but uh, he was committed to his calling. Committed like no other, maybe. That what he was doing was what needed to be done. Now today we'd probably call this schizophrenia or uh, some kind of a psychotic break or maybe even, you know, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't want to say, but that's my guess. You know, something like that. <clears throat> I would actually like to hear um, a lecture on Don Quixote by Jordan Peterson. I think that would be interesting. That would be interesting from a psychological standpoint. Uh so when I look at the Bible and I think, okay, who's Don Quixote in the Bible? There are a couple people that, that come to mind. One just came to mind, and that would be Noah, right? Noah was a man who heard a calling from God and everybody thought he was crazy. But despite the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? despite the improbability that what he was told by God would come to pass, he obeyed and he went forward and he did what he was supposed to do. And because he did that, we remember him to this day. Right? Um, that's the story of Noah. Noah was one. Abraham would be another. Somebody who one day seemingly out of the blue to everyone else decided to go a different direction and to have different values and to pursue, pursue different goals than everyone else around them. Uh, they just decided that, you know, this is, this is probably what I'm supposed to do. Uh, now, from a 
spiritual standpoint, we'd say that God was leading them from a spiritual mind. I'm slurring my speech this morning just a little bit. From a spiritual standpoint, uh, we we think that they were led by God to do these things. Uh, I guess Moses would be another, except that Moses had such a huge following eventually that he was way more successful than Don Quixote. Well, all of these guys were really. Um, Don Quixote seems to, seemed to have the calling, and yet the uh, lack of evidence that the calling was true, and yet continued to go forward. Uh, but none of these these people just came to me now, right? And there's, I'm sure there are others. Um, yeah, Noah was already old when he started doing what he's doing, as well as Abraham. Uh, Moses, they were all 40s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s even, uh, when they started doing what they were doing. So I guess it's kind of similar in that standpoint. Uh, although, you know, Don Quixote wasn't wasn't trying to lead people to a promised land. Uh, he was trying to, he was more like a, uh, a one-man police force. He was going out and trying to right wrongs. Uh, and and to maintain honor, right? The person that came to my mind when I thought of Don Quixote was John the Baptist. And it's because John the Baptist was such a kook, by all accounts. He wore camel's hair, which apparently nobody else did. Uh, he lived in the desert. Uh, which obviously not many people do. He had a very odd diet. What he ate was very different. And his message uh, was out in left field, right? Um, And yet he never wavered, as far as we know, from his calling and his message. They were that important to him. And so John the Baptist, uh, very much like Don Quixote, had some kind of an internal calling uh, that he pursued. uh, And in John the Baptist's case, he pursued to death. He never gave up on his calling or his message, and he was eventually killed for it. Now, John the Baptist also in many ways, he went about trying to right wrongs. Uh, he, he saw injustice and he called it out. Very much like Martin Luther King. You know, this is the, this is the I think yesterday, the day before, was the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so very much like MLK, uh, John the Baptist um, lived and breathed his calling and message. And never wavered. Now, I'm not saying either one of them were perfect or sinless. Uh, there are a lot of things that have been said about Martin Luther King that are kind of shocking, uh, that make him perhaps more human than a lot of people want to believe he was. I'm fine with that. Um, I think I think that's just the, the nature of the business of being human with a divine calling. There's going to be some going to be some dissonance there. 
there's going to be some failing and hopefully some success, um, but that's just going to be how it's going to happen. And that's how it happens with all of us, right? That's that's just how it works. Uh, yeah, in some sense, I would say Martin Luther King was a was a Don Quixote in a way. You know, he he was sure of his message and his method and his calling and he eventually died for it. Now Don Quixote as far as we know never died for it but he was beaten up many times. Uh, he was he was uh, punished and defeated uh, and often he, he, he because of his delusional state he thought it might be because of um, you know, black magic that was at work, or, or some unforeseen, some unseen uh, power, or something that was keeping him from uh, success. I think it's important. It's important to point out, however, that everyone who has a uh, who breaks from society to pursue a calling that no one else. Or, or, or few people uh, deem worthy or important, but, but pursue it nonetheless, it doesn't mean they're all delusional. It doesn't mean because they believe in a higher power, uh, it doesn't make them delusional either. If that were the case, I would say 95% of the population of the world up to this point uh, has been delusional. And if that's the case, delusional just means being human. Uh, and then how could you call it delusion, right? <laughs> uh, because most people have believed in a higher power and, and uh, unforeseen, uh, un, un, not unforeseen, uh, invisible, uh, invisible powers and, and uh, what we call religion and superstition, right? Most humans in the history of the world uh, even today, most people believe in something like this. Um, by the way, I'm going to sip my coffee because I made a beautiful latte this morning and I just have not had a chance to to sip it. So to say that people who believe in in a god or in gods are delusional. <clears throat> it it just doesn't it doesn't hold true uh, because it, apparently it's human. To be human means you believe in um, a higher power, in other powers at least that we can't see or control. Uh, apparently, that's just being human. Uh, now, yeah, there, there may be a kind of, um, we say, intellectual evolution that's going on where fewer and fewer people are buying into the idea of there being uh, a god or gods. And more and more people are becoming quote-unquote atheists. That's possible. Uh, that may be happening now, kind of an intellectual evolution. Um, 
but at least up until today, you'd still have to say, you know, based on all of the religious artifacts, temples, shrines, uh, and, uh, you know, people praying and books and songs and, and art that by and large people still believe in the divine. It's still something that is part of being human. It's part of the human experience. Uh, so I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from Don Quixote. I think I might know what I'm supposed to learn from Martin Luther King, John the Baptist. Um, and I think that is, even if, even if what you believe to be true goes against the majority, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Now, it also doesn't mean it's right. But this is how progress is made. Somebody has a vision. Somebody somebody sees something that most other people don't see. They have an epiphany, perhaps a revelation. And from that point, if they have courage and if they have some kind of vision uh, and perhaps organizational skills, uh, they can go forward and begin to convince others that the thing that they see that others don't see is indeed true and worth worthy of pursuit. Um, going back to Don Quixote, he had a rose-colored view of chivalry. And I think, by and large, uh, chivalry has been debunked. And, and perhaps it's just a lot of cynicism in the world that's done this. I don't know. Uh, I haven't... I'm not a... I'm not a student of that era. <clears throat> um, but a lot of the values and things that Don Quixote was pursuing, even if he was <laughs> outside of reality, the values were still good, right? To, to protect those who are uh, being oppressed, right? Uh, to to try to live with complete integrity and honesty, right? To to live honorably. Um, these are these are values uh, that are in line with um, in line with God, and the other one is self sacrifice. Right, Don Quixote very much believed in self-sacrifice, that it was his calling that if needed to die for the uh, for the righting of wrongs. Right? Now now Don Quixote, um, like most knights, believed that that violence was um, a path to righting wrongs. And I think I think that has been debunked, that we now know and we have evolved to the point where um, we know that violence is not the answer. I, I, I at least hope I have. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm following, that, that my emotions are following what I think I know in my head, 
Sorry, just having another sip <clears throat> of my latte. By the way, I roasted that coffee this week. I'm back to roasting at my cafe, which I haven't done in about two years. Um, getting back into that, and I've I roasted this espresso that I made this latte with at home uh, because we were out of good espresso, and man, it turned out great. Turned out really good. Although it's not quite as good as it was on the first day of roasting. It's about four days now. <clears throat> um, need something darker. Uh, sorry, that was a little aside. Um, yeah. The 100% conviction that what you think needs to happen though everyone else disagrees uh, is is how progress is made, right? You know, when, when I don't know, somebody discovered penicillin or, or microbes uh, when someone discovered that we had airborne microbes as well as waterborne or, or what have you, right? Uh, everybody else thought they were crazy. It seemed like magic to them. And science at first, does seem like magic, right? Um, when you put two uh, substances together and they uh, spontaneously combust just because of their proximity to each other, that seems like magic, right? Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm kind of going off track probably shouldn't have talked about coffee got me off so Don Quixote I think it's worthy to, to study I think we should read these old archetypes especially the ones that have persisted uh, over centuries uh, there was something that there is something that they are saying to us that has been continuously relevant uh, that is timeless yeah, Don Quixote, John the Baptist, Martin Luther King, uh, Jr. Um, I guess Martin Luther to some extent as well. He was another guy. Um, <clears throat> All right, well, I am uh, coming up to my place of employment for the day. And uh, thanks for uh, listening. I hope you ha have a happy new year. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.